Hello, this is UCI Chancellor Dr. Howard Gilman. Whenever I get the urge to hear independent talk radio, I only tune into KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine or online at KUCI.org. I love Anteater Radio. The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Kenzie, and you're tuning in to Local Love on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Today I'm here with Laura Lavach, the owner and founder of Transplant Vintage. Today we discuss the history of Transplant Vintage, the ways in which Laura's travels have influenced her career path, what goes into running a vintage business, and advice Laura has for women pursuing a business of their own. If you're interested in learning more about Transplant Vintage, you can find more information at transplantvintage.com or you can stay tuned to the following interview. Please enjoy. Exactly what is Transplant Vintage and what's the history behind the shop's founding? So uh, Transplant Vintage uh, is an online styling services um, and retail store. I founded it in 2020, um, just before the pandemic, actually. <laughs> um, so I am originally from New Zealand, um, if you can't tell by my weird accent. Now that I've been in the States for a couple of years, um, people aren't always 100% sure where I'm from. But yes, I am a proud Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was 14, uh, I really got into 60s and 70s music. You know, through that comes interest in the fashion and the literature and the art. And that's kind of where I, I formed a love um, of 60s, 70s, vintage, um, and even before then. And so I started uh, selling secondhand clothing um, on a site in New Zealand, similar to eBay. After school, I had the decision, go to college or continue um, selling online. And I chose to sell online. By the time I was 23, um, I owned one of the largest uh, vintage brands in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, I had an online store that shipped um, worldwide and I also um, was the owner of a brick and mortar 16,000 square foot store um, in downtown Auckland. <laughs> I used to come to the States to buy uh, vintage clothing because funnily enough everyone in New Zealand is obsessed with American vintage. Everyone thinks it's funny when they say that. But yeah, on a, on a trip um, at the Walgreens in Echo Park. I met my future husband. Um, we fell in love. Um, I moved to the United States and in 2019, I sold my old business. Decided to, to go back to school. Um, wanted to try something else out because you know my whole life all I'd done was vintage. Um, so I enrolled at a community college, transferred to UCLA, go Bruins. Um, <laughs> and then um, during my studies, um, I decided to start um, transplant vintage just to kind of like reignite um, the passion that I have for vintage clothing so yeah that's kind of my backstory and for those interested the word transplant kind of comes from me being a transplant um, I'm a Huey living in Los Angeles so um, it's a very personal name. <laughs> 
I came to the United States for the first time in 2015. Uh, I did a three month road trip from Los Angeles all the way through the South up to New York and then back to LA um, through the Midwest. And I drove a 94 Chrysler Town and Country with a bed in the back. And I slept in Walmart car parks. Um, (laughs) And every morning I would wake up and type vintage into Google Maps and that would lead me to my next destination. Um, So I saw the the weird and wonderful parts of, of America. Um, I remember one guy I met in outside New Orleans in this weird bayou town, and he was a he was a, a reptile taxidermist that sold vintage clothes. That was pretty cool. Coming to the states and seeing you know all the places and, and the clothes and the history of the '60s um, counterculture really like solidified um, my love and passion of really preserving, um, that, that period in the closing that was so, so mind-blowing. So the United States solidified that love, but I've had a love of, you know, that time travel back to the 60s, you know, going to Woodstock or whatever, <laughs> watching Jimi Hendrix shred or something like that. So yeah, I hope my, my closing evokes that a little bit. And would you say to, when you wanted to restart going into reselling vintage was it coming from a place where like you just like missed doing it because I know a lot of the times like there is a lot of like time and effort that goes into this type of business but there is certainly a joy that comes with it as well so were you missing it during the time that you weren't uh, reselling vintage yeah definitely selling vintage had really changed for me over the course of my life when I was you know the first five or six years that I did buy vintage um it was something that I adored doing um you know I would have dreams about going into a store and like finding the most amazing piece um but I, I definitely have to admit that as my brand expanded and all of a sudden I had a 16,000 square foot shop to fill, that joy definitely um, became a little bit of anxiety as well. As a store owner, you always want to make sure that everything you have is perfect. So it becomes hard to find, you know, 10,000 perfect pieces um, to go in a store and be fully stocked every day. So it definitely became something that was quite overwhelming to me. Um, and I, I felt less joy, um, you know, picking a hundred t-shirts than like finding that one weird jacket that kind of like makes your whole life, you know, I've picked like hundreds of thousands of pounds of vintage clothing um, in my life. And, you know, I don't remember the, the stupid like 90s like tourist (laughs) t-shirt but I remember that 1970s like homemade black sabbath denim jacket um that I I regret selling and yeah maybe I should find that person like stalk them on the internet and be like can I buy it back but yeah I always wondered about that like have you ever had that moment where there was that one piece that you still think about and that you're like I wish I didn't sell it because that's something I'm always fearful of if I were to ever start reselling myself I'm like what if I regret selling this thing. <laughs> there's actually this one it's so silly I think I sold it when I was like 16 so I'm like almost 28 I like still <laughs> think about it it was this weird like spandex like 80 spandex shirt and it had this like crazy like celestial print on the front and I don't know why I sold it because I thought it was the coolest thing ever at the time but in my head you know it's like what 
12 years later and maybe I've made it cooler than it actually was in my head but I'm like man I wish I hadn't sold that but I'm pretty good now I'm I don't hold on to many things but there are certain things that I, I grab and I, I there's no way I will ever 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 sell them I'll give them to my kids and in my will I'll be like you cannot give this away ever like we're gonna pass <laughs> it down for the next like thousand years <laughs> what goes into like running like your vintage shop what's the process like behind like finding those perfect vintage items because I know whenever I try to find things like that as well it either has like a hole or a stain and naturally things like that come about if you're looking at clothes that are 30 40 maybe even 50 years old so it's like what's that process like trying to find those quality pieces that are still resellable but then also desired by people within this market yeah yeah that's a good question i think a lot of people underestimate um how much work actually goes into being a vintage reseller um you know people always say oh it's just easy just take a photo of, of a piece of clothing and put it online um but because it, especially running a business as a vintage seller you're in competition with companies that mass produce items but as a vintage seller you're you're dealing with one of one pieces so you're meticulously working on one piece at a time until it's just right um so that takes sometimes i, I i'm with a piece for a couple of days making sure that um it's perfect and from finding it, finding, you know, the diamond in the rough to doing maintenance, repairs, dry cleaning, um, to sewing on like that little tiny like bead that fell off. Um, right. It, it, to listing it, measuring it, steaming it, um, doing photo shoots, creative direction, customers, dispatch. Um, it is, is so much work. I um, list about 150 pieces per month. Um, and that is basically my entire life. I like don't do anything else at the moment, but I'm gonna have to figure out how school is gonna fit in, in there in a couple of months, which is kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> have you, so have you ever had that experience within that college setting? Cause you were saying that you were like reselling after school. Is there the challenge of fitting this like very time consuming career within like the rest of your life because it's a long process to make sure just one piece is perfect to sell, let alone enough pieces to support yourself and like anything else that you have going on. So has it ever been a challenge to try to like fit it into your life? Yeah, definitely. But there are ways around it. You know, I plan my schedules um, so I have days off so I can, you know, go sourcing um, or maybe I'll just have a class in the morning. I'd like to take a moment to remind the listeners that you're tuned into Local Love on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. If you'd like to learn more about KUCI, you can visit KUCI.org for show schedules and updates. If you'd like to learn more about Local Love, you can visit our show's profile on the Wednesday Shows tab on KUCI.org. Once there, you can find a link to the Local Love website where you can also find all past shows and future guests. To remind anyone tuning in now, I'm talking with Laura, the founder and owner of Transplant Vintage. We're currently discussing the history of Transplant Vintage, what it takes to run the shop, and why the business is unique within the vintage market. So how would you say just yourself as a business owner and Transplant Vintage, like within the market of many other vintage shops right now, because I know a lot of them have 
been popping up, especially during quarantine. But like, how would you say personally your shop is different from others within the same market? I agree. I think that um, vintage is becoming something that is more and more common um, and more accepted um, in mainstream culture, um, which is something that I celebrate. I think it's absolutely fantastic. um, And I support any seller from like a huge eBay seller, you know, right down to someone just selling their clothes in their room. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me personally, I think that one of my skills that I've had from a really early age is kind of being able to pick out something maybe it's like a weird looking dress hanging on the on on a hanger and I can really like envision how it's going to fit and empower the wearer quite often you know I'll be doing photo shoots and maybe the photographer or the model or the makeup artist will be like what the what on earth is that (laughs) and then you know as soon as it kind of comes to life on, on the model you kind of yeah you can you can imagine that person and like who that person is through the clothes um so i think i have a really a really good eye for that and something that has definitely carried um my career (laughs) i also think um as you were saying before that i'm not a vintage purist um and if there is something that is beautiful but it's damaged i'm not afraid to cut it off and turn it into a mini dress or turn it into into um, a top think that sometimes vintage stores hinder themselves by trying to be purist and and not giving new life to something and instead leaving it with holes or leaving it with damage but I would much rather save something that has potential and spend like two weeks making it perfect instead of letting it go to the landfill yeah I spend a lot of time um, reworking my pieces making sure that everything is pristine perfect dry cleaned you know I was soaking a dress in the bathtub the other day and my husband walked in and thought it was a dead body (laughs) it's you know the front of my house looks like a laundromat it's just you know I I really care about giving clothing new life it's already had you know the stains and the rips and the the missing buttons are already someone else's story um but I want to let that story be continued by my customer. So that's why I I really care about, it's not about being a purist, it's about making the most um, out of incredible vintage. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was gonna say like a lot of the times, even for myself when I'm like vintage shopping, if something does have a hole or something that might put me off from like buying it or if I do buy it and like, will will I actually repair this? Do I know what I'm doing? Like. It's always a daunting thing to find something that quote unquote just isn't like perfect about the piece of clothing that you're looking at. But it's like naturally with time and a lot of the wares come with it too. Like it will naturally have some type of hole or stain or flaw with that. And so being able to hear that you're super able and like willing to work with a piece of clothing is honestly like super inspiring for me as well because it's helping me understand that it's like, yes, this thing might be vintage, but it's like, it is still amazing and immaculate, even if you have to alter it in some way. I feel like a lot of people are unwilling, especially if it's something like making a dress into a mini dress or something, or changing a feature about it. They're not really willing to do it because they're like, oh, but that's what it originally looked like. And it's like, so what? You can make a new original design out of what you have, but you will actually wear it if you change it. 
yeah exactly like gone are the days of frumpy weird dresses from the 80s you know we can turn that into something really really cool that a modern a modern day person can wear and look awesome in it (laughs) definitely and one thing that I did recently hear I was watching one she was actually a thrift store reseller but I was watching her YouTube and she was saying that she was having a harder time pinpointing a vintage item because modern brands were getting really good at replicating vintage qualities within their products. I was wondering if you've ever come across that as well, whereas something might've appeared vintage, but it was something that, you know, a modern brand just got really close to what you're looking for. Like, had that ever happened? I've been in this industry for a long time. Um, and I know all the tricks of the trade. So no, yeah, there are definitely um, telltale signs. And I think that's why you pay more for true authentic vintage, you know, from the, the 60s, 70s and beforehand, because the person that has picked that knows, you know, it's like I go to I go to college for political science, but, you know, my my career has taught me, you know, I should have a degree in vintage clothing because it's a skill that I have I've learned over many years even looking at the silliest things like the the feel of the fabric or like the stitching on the bottom of the cuff or like where the tag is stitched and things like that it's a it's just a skill that you pick up over time definitely (laughs) I've even heard that even things like the tag of an item would be like a hint that it can be vintage so it's like just like the minor details is what actually allows you to know if you're looking at something vintage right yeah absolutely and I agree yeah it's a it's a shame um a lot of people you know are are stealing vintage designs um and I guess trying to make them look vintage but you know Urban Outfitters has been doing it for like <laughs> 10 20 years um it's always funny oh see I don't know a pair of shorts that that they recreate and they'll say oh you know I I found the originals of those like 10 years ago (laughs) yeah it's sad you know just buy the real thing (laughs) definitely definitely because yeah there's that difference between recycling a design versus like blatantly ripping off a design that was existing maybe 20 or 30 years ago but because it's vintage, everyone might not know the original design. How, I mean, how do you feel about that repurposing the design of something that is like vintage or vintage style versus like completely taking like a design that just isn't commonly seen anymore, but was once something that existed? Yeah, I'm always a strong um, opponent of you know, anyone stealing anyone's design standard things can be vintage inspired. And that's great. I, I'm happy for that, you know, clothing recycles, you know, dresses in the 1970s were inspired by, you know, Victorian and Renaissance eras. So, mm-hmm. you know, fashion, fashion recycles, you know, every 20 years or so. But yeah, it's just a shame when you see like large fast fashion brands stealing from independent artists and, you know, ripping off vintage designs. It's, it's disappointing, but <laughs> that's another, that's another kettle of fish. <laughs> and we're just going to take a moment to hear a message from KUCI. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. I'd like to take a moment to remind the listeners that you're tuned into Local Love on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. 
If you'd like to learn more about KUCI, you can visit KUCI.org for show schedules and updates. If you'd like to learn more about local love, you can visit our show's profile on the Wednesday Shows tab on KUCI.org. Once you're there, you can find a link to the Local Love website, the Local Love Instagram at LocalLoveKUCI, and a contact to submit your own guest recommendations. To remind anyone tuning in now, I'm talking with Laura, the founder and owner of Transplant Vintage. We've discussed the ways in which fashion recycles throughout the years, and the ways in which Laura makes sure her vintage items are in perfect condition to sell. If you're interested in learning more about Transplant Vintage, you can visit transplantvintage.com or stay tuned in. What is a challenge that you have faced with running your own business? And what is your greatest accomplishment with your business so far? Yeah, so I think that there are two main challenges um, that I have faced um, being in the fashion industry um, for you know over the last 13, 14 years. Um, and the first is being a woman in business. Um, you know, I've had growing men tell me that my business was a hobby. Um, when I, you know, supported 10 employees and had a 16,000 square foot store in downtown Auckland, mm-hmm. um, I've had male models, um, tell me that there's no way that this business could be my own. Um, it, it's disappointing that that is, um, you know what it's like to be a woman in business even in the 21st century um and it does make you um you know have to work harder than men um i like to think that i am way better at selling vintage clothes than any man could be so try me (laughs) and i think the other thing as i alluded to before is this education of consumers about vintage clothing fast fashion and mass-produced brands um, are, it's really hard to compete with them. They can, you know, run 500 styles in a week. You know, they have so much power and, you know, some customers just don't get it. You know, why would I buy a pair of your 1960s Levi's when I could buy a pair of spandex jeans from Topshop for $40. Um, There's not enough education about the true cost of goods. Um, So that's, that's a big challenge. But as I said before, it's, it's really exciting to see that vintage and thrifting and secondhand and even, you know, small independent local businesses are being showcased more in the mainstream. Um, And, you know, if there's one good thing that came out of, you know, us going into a global lockdown pandemic is that um, I think we see the value of our local neighborhood businesses. um, And I really hope that we continue to support them because at the end of the day, that's how you keep community alive is supporting the people that live there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I've had so many conversations too, where when you are actively being the person that sells in your community, you are actively like representing your community. And so if you are able to get that support, then it's like, it's really wonderful because you're engaging with the community, but you're also representing it at the same time. And so being able to be a woman business owner, I think is so significant and important on so many levels, because a lot of the times like being a woman in business is going to be so much more challenging because a reality that many men business owners don't ever really get to see. It comes with so many challenges 
that don't exist for them. So when there is a successful businesswoman within the community, I think that is so incredibly amazing and deserves a lot more attention than I think like a lot of people like know it should have because again, it's it's a lot more of a challenge than if you were just being a straight white cis male owning a business. It comes with so many more challenges. And I wanted to ask, do you have any advice for other women that are pursuing a business of their own? Yeah, sure. Um, if anyone is pursuing vintage specifically, I would say buy a commercial steamer and it'll change <laughs> your life. But on a more serious note, the first thing, don't ever give anything away for free. Mm -hmm. um, your time, your skills, your talent, your passion, your hard work is valuable. Don't ever sell yourself short. I think that sometimes it might seem like the right thing to do. You know, I'll, I'll get exposure out of this if you're a small business, but don't ever give anything away for free. Exposure does not pay the bills. You need to, <laughs> yeah, you need to just work, work hard and um, yeah, make sure that you are being um, treated with respect um, and that your time and all of your passion is supported. And I think the other thing um, that is really huge for me um, and something that I've really learned throughout my career is that you should always work to uplift um, and support other people. Um, and in that way, you will be uplifted and supported by your community. As a woman, I think, you know, it's about empowering other women, um, other vintage sellers, other women in business, a strong community of, of like-minded um, people that can get along is so much more powerful than people in competition with each other. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's something that's really significant that I think a lot of women should start like self-reflecting on too is like, no, like your skills and labor are valuable. And if it's something that you know you should be paid for, then you should get paid. Don't make yourself seem small. Don't quiet yourself. Like be loud with your business, be loud with your passions and get what you deserve. Because, you know, we live in a society where a lot of the times we are made to be a lot smaller than what we deserve to be. Yeah, especially in the creative industries. Um, you know, it's synonymous with, with being taken advantage of or, oh yeah, exposure, whatever. Um, I think that um, it's time that, yeah, we should be, valuing our artists um give them exposure and you know and pay them um a fair a fair living wage i think you know that that's the future <laughs> so i was wondering if you had any ideas or directions that you wanted to go with transplant vintage whether it's in quarantine or not yeah i think that i don't ever want to own a store that was as big as i did it's been a real I guess an eye opener for me, um, starting transplant vintage from scratch um, in an unknown market, you know, 6,000 miles um, from where I grew up and, and where I, I know. Um, so that's something, you know, that I'm really proud of that I've been able to break into the American market um, so well. And it's exciting, you know, to see my pieces go off um, around the country and, you know, to see the, the, the life of my pieces be, um, expanded by someone else. I think that's really exciting. For now, I, I want to stick to selling online, um, continuing to find the most like insane pieces ever um, and just make people happy. I think, you know, clothing should, should make people happy. The other day, um, 
I got a message um, from a customer in Seattle um, who had purchased a wedding dress and that wedding dress I had spent about a week saving it from the grave um, I found it you know on the floor and it was like totally um, had like you know dust and decades and decades um of 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 dirt on it um yeah and I you know soaked it and I like massaged all the dust out of it and then I like just painstakingly sewed all the the pearls back on it and then yeah when I put it on the model it was like wow that is pretty pretty amazing um yeah and and this this girl sent me a message she'd sent me a photo of her wearing it and she was crying tears tears of joy um and she just said how how lucky she was to be able to be walking down the aisle um in that dress in the next um couple of months so yeah that that's something that I live for um I just want to continue making people happy and to, you know, save the, save the environment at the same time, as well as, yeah, preserving, you know, the amazing 60s, 70s that brought the best clothes ever. <laughs> the opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about the show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. Hello, this is UCI Chancellor Dr. Howard Gilman. Whenever I get the urge to hear independent talk radio, I only tune into KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine or online at KUCI.org. I love Anteater Radio. I want to thank Laura once again for being on Local Love today. If you're interested in learning more about Transplant Vintage, you can find them at transplantvintage.com or transplantvintage on Instagram. If you would like to listen to this show once again, or to any past shows, feel free to visit the Local Love website linked to our show's profile on kuci.org. Tune in next week on Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. to hear more about local businesses and independent creators near you.